You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us a fully integrated sports machine. You can follow us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes. Thank you to the mothership, Roll Bama Roll, for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. Find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our Facebook page or on Twitter at H2Th Heroes. Reminder, you can pick up a sexy Houndstooth Heroes t-shirt, PayPal us at houndstoothheroes at gmail.com. 22 bucks and it comes with a fly-ass sticker. Or you can uh, contact either myself or my co-host, Ellis Metz, directly. How are you doing, Ellis Metz? I'm doing okay, and while we're on the subject of t-shirts, uh, if you're in Nashville, would love to hook you up with one. I'm talking to you, new friend of the program, Corbin Hand. And, Absolutely. Uh, or if you're in Orange Beach, you can uh, give me a holler. I'd be happy to hook you up, or a mobile area. That's right, what's, that's right. What you drinking there, sir? Well, I'm drinking something exciting tonight. Do tell. I have a white, I'm sorry, a winter white ale from Bell's Brewery. Oh my, I did not think you could acquire those in the great state of Tennessee. Funny you should say that. They just started this week. Um, I unfortunately found out that you have to go to a liquor store to get the Two-Hearted Ale because Tennessee. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, pretty excited. How about you? Uh, Just a vodka soda. Just uh, decided to not make the wings. I've uh, been feeling fat and I will get to uh, why why that's an issue uh, when we get to what's horrible, which is... Uh, well, I'll go ahead and get to it now. What's horrible is that I'm going to Trinidad at the end of the week, and I'm fat. So I've uh, got to do something about that between now and Saturday. Uh, a lot of beaches there in Trinidad? Not really, no. No, not, no. not really any beaches, but it's nevertheless hot, and it's not hot here. So if I'm going to you know, be have walking around with a shirt off on the Grand Island of Trinidad, I should probably not be the fattest person in Trinidad, which <laughs> currently would be the case. One day you're going to make the most glorious expat there ever was. Cannot wait. What is horrible in your life, my friend? Okay, so our longtime listener, uh, Fred, Uh uh may remember that my house was recently burglarized. Correct. In response, we set up an alarm system, like you do. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. you do. And, uh, of course, I mean, going into it, I knew that it would go off never when we needed it to, only at the most inopportune times. And right on cue, uh, one day last week, or I should say one night last week, it went off at about four in the morning. Oh, good. So it's there's this huge storm rolling through Nashville, which had apparently opened our basement door, which not even sure why it has an alarm, but right, we were. right. And so before I know what's happening, I'm on my feet and the lights are on in my bedroom and I've got a shotgun in my hands. And at that oh. point, I kind of wake up. Is it the 410? It's the 410. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm calling it a shotgun. That's yes. a generous term there. And so You're it's pouring rain. We're, we're like, I don't know what's going on. The security folks call and, of course, pull the whole, it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> so they tell us the basement door has opened. And so in the pouring rain in my boots and my gym shorts with a hat and a damn Elmer Fudd walk. Uh-huh. I go down the stairs. It's sort of a mix between Elmer Fudd, Hunting Wabbits, and Granny Clampett, really, right. if you can so picture you, this, in the pouring rain. boxers, boots, and a 410 stuff. Yes, yes, you're correct. So I kick in the basement door, and I'm just like looking around. I needed a cigarette. Right. Um, <laughs> unsurprisingly, no one was there, but that uh-huh. was that was my evening anyway. So that's what's horrible now. Fantastic. In addition, to a, a horrible thing that we share at this moment, and I, we apologize in advance, 
but you managed to get your headphones ripped off in the burglary of 2015, and my headphones just died on me. So uh, if the sound isn't perfect, that's why, and we apologize for it. Another shout-out to new friend of the program, Corbin Hand, who is a music producer here, and uh, very kindly reminded us of the horrible quality of this podcast. Well, you know, he's a music producer. He should do something about it. Come over and fix it. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's get to... Uh, reflections, I suppose, what we'll call them, on the LSU weekend. Uh, you want to start with that? We can start with that. Um, you know, there's not a ton to hate. Right. It was beautiful. But if you've ever listened to this before, and Lord knows you haven't, Greg and I are masters at finding things to hate. I'm going to start with the penalties. Okay, good. That's fair. That's a fair thing. Bro, every time we try to run this <laughs> hurry up, it's like nobody knows where they're supposed to be. Nobody knows what the snap count is. Uh, even when we weren't penalized for a false start or some sort of formation error, uh, Coker was kind of juggling snaps and people were running in motion all out of yeah, sync. We really just can't concerned. do that. We don't know how to do that. The the you know when we were down on the goal line trying to do that, it failed. And I don't know if it was really I hurry up, but I'm going to call it that anyway. In the first uh, fourth down play, when we did that fake jet sweep thing, mm -hmm. uh, we, we were fortunate that Jake Coker did not run in to Calvin Ridley because that would have been the most prestigious thing to ever happen. <laughs> but it didn't happen, but it almost did. We're just not equipped to do that. So I kind of really wish we'd just lay off that a little bit. I agree, and especially in games like this, that we didn't make that fourth down to start the game and... I mean, you don't know how these games are going to go, but at the time it felt like a big blow. Right. Exactly. It was, it's I mean, just you know, scary. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, so just run the ball. But who knew we were going to have such a running bonanza? Uh, let's talk about. Well, we're not ready. <laughs> we're not ready for the running bonanza. Okay. Well, well, what we segment. can talk about is getting run on bonanza. Um, not so much uh, with uh, Fournette, but with the pass game. Marlon Humphreys and Eddie Jackson on that third and eighteen from there after we score two. Uh, delay of games, and one of them should have mm -hmm. been a safety. Mm -hmm. They throw the ball third and eighteen out of the end zone in double coverage, and boom, just pick it up like it's like it's just easy. We did get run on in the pass game. I like what you did there. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and again, that was another one early in the game that I was just afraid would set kind of a, a tone and a trend that we would see throughout. Uh, I was upset about those delay of games because I felt like when it was what third and seven or so, we would just send the house and do what we do. But yeah, um, Brandon Harris, his one uh, significant completed pass of the day there. Exactly. Um, also, one more thing I want to talk about. Again, I'm getting burned on a long pass. Geno Smith got, I don't, want to, I don't want to call it burned, but we send a corner blitz and that leaves uh, uh, Geno Smith as a safety having to cover a wide receiver, which they can't. Yeah. But my question is, I have twofold. Number one, when did Geno Smith become Geno Matthias Smith? And how did that happen? He is Matthias, and um, it's his mother's name. Okay. Potentially, okay. I don't think it's his late mother. I think it's a mother who raised him, and he decided he wanted to honor that. All it right. happened sometime. It, it, I was probably months late on the news, too, uh, when I was trying to figure out what new player, friend of the program, Aaron Suttles, was talking about. I think oh. it happened maybe in August, sometime right before the season started. Okay, so I'm just now learning about it. So yeah, yeah, that's good. That's As good. usual, I'm on top of my game. That's what people um, want. Yeah, out he of got burned on a, on a on a TD pass. That you know I, we could complain about it, but really, there's no defense to a perfect pass, and that's what well, that's what that was. 
uh, you know, even you know, even a squirrel nut, whatnot, you know, that right, right. sort of situation. A clock is right twice a day. Uh, anything else you ate before we get to what we didn't eat? You know, there is one thing I feel that's worth mentioning that I hated, and right. it's these damn gumps making memes. Okay, go on. Gumps making memes now just keeps me up at night. Right. Uh, it, it's a funny meme. The funniest meme I saw after the game was uh, the crying Jordan face superimposed on Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah, that was relative. Okay, I'm kind of sick of the crying, crying Jordan. Oh, I love the crying Jordan. See, I hate it. I well, just... see, I'm still making what are those jokes, so. Right. And <laughs> we'll get to that later. We I hope will. That's a good one. Stay tuned. Uh, exactly. but, but there are too many about just the ones that don't even make sense. There, there was a Reggie Ragland one that circled uh, really far and wide that said, it, it was just a picture of Reggie Ragland, and then it said, Leonard Fournette, I don't know her. Which doesn't even, there's no cleverness okay, I, there. I don't get that. No, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm kind of dumb, so it doesn't surprise me I don't get it, but I, I don't get it at all. Leonard's not a girl's name, it doesn't rhyme. No, no. no. There, there were many, that's the only one that's come to mind. There's also one going around of Big Al in a driver's seat, and it says, they see me rolling, they be hating. All right. And if you, if I assume we're quoting the famous Chameleonaire oh. song, Riding Dirty, and there's right. no B there. Just yeah. they hating. Right. They just hating. Okay. All right. right. I'm no, getting worked up talking about these gum I, memes. I know. I swear. It keeps you up at night that and the potential of burglarizing <laughs> your house. Right. You know, what do you do? All right. Well, there's a whole lot that we did not hate, which is really unusual for us. I agree. And I want to start by giving props to my co-host. You may know him as at GB Dawkins. Oh, my. But what? your boy, Greg, uh, said last week on the show that the game could potentially come down to how effective the number two running backs were in, were in Saturday's game. Obviously, it didn't exactly come down to that, but we saw the reemergence of Kenyon Drake out of nowhere. Yeah, and I, look, I'm never, I've never been, I've been called precise. I'm, my, my, my takes are kind of general. If, they, if it falls into it, so be it. But yeah, Kenyon, Kenyon had a big game, uh, managed to get himself a little dinged up, so he's being held out of practice early this week. But uh, I believe, the, te- I believe the, the technical term was bell rung. <laughs> So, um, you know, so, but, but good for Kenya. He had a, he had a big game and he, we needed to get that out of him. Um, well, another, you know, speak while we're on the subject of running backs, Derek Henry, uh, had a big old time game, 210 yards. And from all accounts is now the favorite going in at this point in the Heisman race. Your top takes on that. Oh, I'm buying it. I gotta okay. say, I will just be devastated if it doesn't come down to Henry or Fournette. I think they are far and away the best players in the country. Uh, I think Trevon Boykin is very good, but he threw four picks Saturday, so he's going to have a hard time bouncing back from that, considering the candy schedule he's played all year. And then these other bros, there's a Coleman at Baylor. Uh, I think McCaffrey at Stanford is fine and would make a great fourth-place Heisman finisher. Fantastic. But I don't want to see anybody else near that. Well, it reminds me a lot of the Mark Ingram year. When there was just nobody that really, there was not an, a, a a first place obvious Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark did very well, but Mark didn't have a Bo Jackson. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, you know kind of he he wasn't far and away the, the Heisman Trophy winner. There were like a billion Heisman winners you could have just used for that metaphor. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I was trying to think of Herschel Walker. There you go. There uh, you go. Much like, better. But there, yeah, but there was just no that year in two thousand nine. There was just nobody that was just so head and shoulders a bit ahead of everybody else all season long. And I think you know, and and Mark's when Mark had his game against Arkansas. That kind of just when he put the game on his shoulders and won it, it, it that it, kind of drew, put him in the driver's seat. And I think this may do the same for Derrick Henry in a field that where there's not really a standout. So you know, I'm not you know, I'm not saying somebody else might not distinguish themselves, but so far he's had the best. You know, he hasn't had a down game mm-hmm. where everybody else has had a disaster, like you were talking about the T- the Trayvon Boykin TCU quarterback throwing four picks. That kind of you know that. You finally have a good competition and you blow it. Well, you know our guy has good competition and he and he you know and he steps up. So yeah. you know, yeah, I'm buying it. Okay, and I gotta point out, I would be, I hate to do this to you, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out uh, the Ingram Heisman moment came against South Carolina. It was homecoming, bro. Put the team on his back, and it was honestly not your traditional Heisman moment. You know, you expect a single kind of play. And this was just a melodic four or five. He was running out of the Wildcat uh, in a row. And really that last Alabama drive Saturday uh, where Henry took over the game, I think he got nine straight runs. He crossed 200 yards in it. Uh, (coughs) It it was sort of the same non-traditional Heisman moment where you just kind of watch in awe. Right. Because that drive resulted in no points, but it was the most important drive of the day. It, you know, it was—I don't remember how long it took, but it felt like twenty minutes. But I'm sure it wasn't. I think it was nine and a half, which is yeah, almost nine and as half amazing. Minute, no points, but killed everything left on the clock. And I mean, it's virtually impossible to have a nine-minute drive, but you know, but there we are. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, pretty impressive. I agree. Uh, speaking of impressive, let's skip to the first play of the second half. When your boy and my boy won Dylan Lee. One Dylan Lee. Changed the game like that. Yeah, right. It really, that, and we'll get to this also, the Adam Griffith field goal, those two things mm, mm. really sort of made it to the point where you knew you were going to win. Yeah. Um, because he, when, when that Dylan Lee interception, you know, we were up 13 to 10, but that put us, it was just flipped the field to the point where, you know, we were going to, and 20 to 10, I mean, I, I'm never comfortable, but 20 points against LSU that can't score, I was very as comfortable as I'm ever going to be. That's pretty damn comfortable. Yeah, I agree. And uh, some neat stories on that play after the game. He apparently had watched that one in uh, the film room, and they ran it once earlier in the game and barely beat us, and he was apparently waiting on it and uh, had his moment didn't miss it. Fantastic, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Speaking of people who didn't miss – Mika Fitzpatrick of the Falconer. The Falconer. The Falconer. Ah, ah. Oh, God. Stop. Yeah, yeah. No, I hate a bird, dude. I hate a bird. All um. Birds. All right. They're just sky trash. But anyway, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, usually uh, is, you, we play him in the nickel D. And LSU doesn't run anything that requires us to, to, play, to play the nickel D very often. But um, he has been a star on defense as a true freshman, and he made – he took his opportunity. He didn't, wasn't going to have a lot of opportunities this game, but he took the ones that he had. My goodness, when uh, the, when he was on special teams, particularly on punt recoveries, he found to make found to make an impact. If you recall, the the player had barely caught the ball, and Nika had him on the ground. He was just wrecking fools in, on special teams. He was wrecking fools, and we need to give a shout out to to one. Uh, I'm blanking on his first name. Nice wander. 
Michael Nicewander. Michael yeah. Nicewander. You can't forget the last name. Right. Uh, or as Derek Henry calls him, Highway 46. Oh, yeah. Who was also wrecking fools on special teams. But let's get to the main wrecker of fools. Good Lord, dude. A'shaun. Good Lord. <laughs> I've never seen a player have a game like that. Well, that's probably because you've never seen a college football player who's 35 years old. But here nor there, just there. the meanest and baddest dude of all time, or at least meanest and baddest looking dude. Uh, you've all seen it by now. We don't need to give you the in-depth breakdown. But he jumped over the long snapper and just swatted a field goal like he was killing a fly in the kitchen. Well, all right, do you? Do three hundred fifteen pounds? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you realize the hip flexibility you have to have to leap over a human being? To go back down, to go back down a point after touchdown. I mean, that's for three hundred fifteen. Nobody three fifteen has that kind of hip flexibility, but yet him, he does. He he does. It's like watching somebody just defy gravity. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. And the craziest part is, I mean, we've seen. Obviously, he's not the first player ever to hurdle a lineman. But when no. Palomalu or these others have kind of made their name on doing it, they get like a five-yard head start and just time it well. But right. he's standing still, basically at the line, and then just jumps. Yeah. It's just amazing. over the pool. I've watched uh, it a billion also, you know, times. Continue this tradition of batting down passes. That's something new. But has here's the question. On two goal line uh, offensive possessions – he found himself in the run block. Has he been doing that and I just missed it? I think that's the first time. I mean, obviously we've done it with Cody and maybe a couple others, but I had never seen him back there. Well, he was wrecking fools. I'll give him that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, let's get back to one last fool who was wrecking folks. And there's a play that we've got posted on our Twitter account, and I have a feeling I will repost, or it will be reposted. Uh, it, it's, I think, in the second quarter, and... Fournette looks like he might be about to find a hole, and Marlon Humphreys, of all folks, uh-huh. just sticks the guy and knocks him backward. It's yeah, yeah. it's an awesome play in every sense of the word. The defense, you just can't say enough about. It You're was right. it was like watching Michelangelo paint. It was amazing. Yep. Um, and while we're on in, in while we're in Europe, let's go ahead and talk about the Polish sausage. Wow, nicely right? done. Uh, the Polish sausage. It was it was mentioned before. Is it the final play? We'll call it late in the first it, half. It was, a, half. it was the final play of the first Final half. play of the first I, half. I, think, I don't think there was a kickoff. But that there was, was a kickoff, I think. Yeah. Uh, so there were 11 seconds left. And the story is that Sabin sent out the punt team, started asking himself some questions, called a timeout, turned to our boy, the Polish sausage. Never doubted him. Mm-mm. And uh, he said, what do you think? Griffith said... I think I can make it, and after the timeout, we sent the kickoff team out there, and the rest is Daniel Moore history. Right. Which begs yeah. the question, though. Yeah, let's get to that. Where's Bobby Williams in all this? Oh, you know, baking a, <laughs> baking a pie. I don't know what he does for a living. I don't really know. Special teams coach Bobby Williams, probably out there uh, teaching quarterbacks how not to throw to the tight ends right. that well, he also exactly. coaches. Okay. Uh, if, you're, if You may follow Eddie Pinera. Who is uh, coming in uh, as a freshman? I believe in January as a kicker. Uh, you, he's if you if you've seen him on YouTube, he's got a world of super long field goals, a lot of trick field goals. He's a kicker with swag, if you will. Oh, I hate 
hate a kicker with swag. Well, we've got one coming. Ugh. He's out of Miami, and he's a kicker with swag. And on his Twitter account, he was excited because he got to meet with Coach Bobby Williams. I got to think, what what did Bobby Williams have to say to you? What what was that meeting like? Like, Jeez. hey, uh, hey, good to meet you. You'll never see me again. See I later. will shake your hand when you step on campus. Exactly. Ugh. I'm Bobby Williams. Good to know you. I'll, I'll see you in four years when you graduate. <laughs> um, I have no idea what that meeting was like. But anyway, 55 yards, there's nothing to complain about. Had another, was 2-0 two, was, uh, on the day for field goals. Uh, Adam Griffith may be getting some confidence. If we do, if we have a field goal kicker, uh, we might be getting close to becoming a complete team. That would be something, yeah. He, still on the season, I want to say, is um, 11 for 17. Right. But I will not be complaining. He's probably 8 for 8 in the past few games. So, yeah, really nice turn of events for him. And before we move on to anything else, let's talk about BDS Saturday. Dude. Bruh. Uh, okay. Two years ago, when you and I were there, yep. I told you it was the most fun atmosphere I've ever been involved in. The it's- most fun. This was better. I, I still maintain the 2007 Javier Arenas uh, punt return and the Terrence Cody kick blocks mm-hmm. were louder moments. But I've never heard Bryant Denny Stadium this consistently loud to the point where the LSU beat writer, I, I, he's not a beat writer, he just, he's just a homer, so you think he's one. Jacques Doucet, uh, he's uh, the sports guy on one of the New Orleans stations, Said I've never heard a stadium this loud in my entire life, wow. and he goes to the Tiger Stadium all the time. Wow. So you know, to the point where it disrupted the game. So you know, big roll tide to everybody who was there, who uh, made the environment virtually impossible for them. The soggy masses within Bryant Denny, yeah, especially considering the weather. That's an amazing performance from the crowd and our idol, the Bryant Denny PA slash music guy. Exactly. We got to meet him. If you know him, listener. Look <laughs> Brent does not know him. Well, do you? obviously, but every now and then. But if you found yourself on uh, uh, Skype, I mean, on, on, on Skype, on what's that? What's that music service called? That I can't, SoundCloud. That, no, no, the one where you where, where oh, on Spotify, of course. Spotify. Thank you. Uh, the Bryant Denny playlist is available, so you can make Bryant Denny Stadium in your house. Everything that's been played on the PA system. Is available on the Houndstooth Heroes Bryant Denny Stadium Spotify playlist. Check that out if you get the chance. It is super trill. It is. It and is. speaking of things that are less than trill. Right. You see yeah. what I did there? Uh, yeah, it was horrible what you did there. Let's uh, move on. We're going to let the hate flow through us? Let's do it. Dude, all right. Some people hate Auburn. Some people hate Tennessee. And God love them if they do. I understand that hate. Uh, and I hate both of them too, but I hate Mississippi State. Really hate them. I will probably tell you I hate them more than I hate all. Mm-hmm. Really hate them a lot. Uh, I have a number of reasons that, what, that I hate them, and I'm going to share them all with you. I have put them in a bullet point list. Here they are. All right, those of you who don't know me, I went to law school at Ole Miss after I went to Alabama. Um, so I, ha- I have firsthand knowledge of these people. Because uh, they were a lot of Mississippi State people who went to all this, but anyway, uh, these are objectively awful people. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like 
I don't like their football team or their basketball team or their baseball team. I don't like the people. Mm-hmm. And I, want, I can't say that about Auburn. I can say that about Tennessee. I don't like them either. But these are objectively awful people. Uh, they win eight games. They act like they're the damn Green Bay Packers. I swear you've never seen a chest puffed out quite like a state fan who wins a game. Dan Mullen, a New Hampshire Scientologist who wears clown shoes. Stark Vegas is a shithole. Never been anything, never seen any place so horrible. It's the worst college town. When I was in school in Tuscaloosa, their kid would come to Tuscaloosa to go out. That may have changed a little bit, but nevertheless, the best bar there is named Cheers. The cowbells. The damn cowbells. I can't get past the ring responsibly. Just stop ringing. You're like an asshole. And finally, Stingray. Stingray. Ugh. Just tell me, tell, I'm, I'm a little wound up. Talk about Stingray. That, uh, we need to somehow get that little rant protected in an airproof box. That one's going into the podcast Hall of Fame. That was nice. Uh, Stingray. If you're on the Twitters, you have obviously inadvertently encountered this bro. I don't know how he became a thing. I don't know how he was even conceived. Right. But well, well, it was by a mother with an enormous whatever because he's her, a big individual. And her first cousin. Uh-huh. Uh or closer. Uh he is this bro who I think began maybe a year or two ago calling into the Fine Bomb show. So you are already know what kind of cloth he is cut from. And he has now graduated into producing weekly YouTube videos that just rile up the unwashed masses there in Starkville. Uh, I, he has a cowbell. He points at the camera. I I legitimately have never watched one of those videos and don't plan to watch one for the first time this week. He also has no neck. There's there's yeah I've seen a lot of pictures. No neck. There's this right. skeezy mustache. Uh huh. Um, pasty like that that pasty white boy that you, you know we we all have that pasty white boyfriend right. that he just kind of his skin kind of grosses you out. He's that guy. And you just like, you wonder if there are even bones there because it's so doughy. You might oh, just mash yeah. in everywhere and it probably Look, feels. I, I'm, I'm, the fir- I'm the first person to tell you I'm, I'm doughy, but I'm sometimes beyond doughy. But this guy is um, the re- doughiest. The doughiest. Yeah. Just the doughiest. <laughs> and he goes by Stingray, which makes yeah. Don't less really know than no sense. But he addresses the entire video to Paul Feinbaum. He's oh, does talking- he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's talking the whole he'll he'll now Paul and he'll go on and on and like he's screaming at Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum ain't watching this video. No, don't so care yeah, um, he has his new video up. And uh, if you have not been uh, subjected to Stingray, if you follow us on Twitter H Two Heroes or our Hounds Two Heroes Facebook page, I'll try to get that up oh. uh, early, late this week so you too can be uh, subjected to the wonder that is James Stingray. That seems cruel and unusual, I won't lie. But I would like to underlie, God, that rant you just gave. I'm still kind of in awe. Um, Let's just talk about how awful Starkville is, though. Okay, If you've never been there, I can't... Don't go. No, you can't legitimately grasp the bleakness. Yeah. Just the, the kind of desperation and sadness that lingers in the air there. All right. I went with my little brother who went who's an old mess guy and so i went with him to the egg bowl uh, probably five six years ago i've never been to a stadium where you could just drive right up to it and park no you can yeah yeah you, i mean i don't mean you've got a 
I don't mean you got to walk 200 yards. I mean, we got out the car and walked in the stadium. I mean, like 10 yards away. Mm-hmm. And we weren't, we're not, we're not, we're certainly are not. This wasn't in, VIP parking. No, this was, we, we're not paying for anything at VIP and start uh-uh. with us. Uh-uh. So, no, just any old fool could just get up in their car, drive up next to Davis Wade Stadium and park by it. I've never seen anything quite like it. Well, no. as I said, the best bar in town is called Cheers, um, and it's an absolute ripoff of the '80s show by the same name. Wow! There's just nothing, you know. If if, if there's a list of the best college towns in the Southeastern Conference, Starkville's always number whatever. How many teams? We how have many now. do we have? Fourteen. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 worse than all of them by a good spell. Um, so anyway. There's just I, I I can't say enough bad things about Starkville. Mm-hmm. When when I went for a game, I don't remember. Trent Richardson ran all over him, so it's been a couple years. Uh, by the end of the game, I just stopped looking for trash cans and just used their entire stadium for trash cans. Right, just throwing stuff left and, and nobody cared. I mean, it looked right. normal. I, I would suggest don't even use find a bathroom. Right, just pull it out and go because nobody's going to know any different. Yeah, it's that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the equally bad team that plays there. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and I guess we should get to the meat of the sports taco. Let's with. get to, to that uh, ground beef, season ground beef part. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they've got a bit of a passing game with one Dak Prescott. They do. They do. Uh, was he ever mentioned as a Heisman like his freshman year? Uh, he's a Heisman every year. Right. I think we should put him into the Jeremy Johnson category. Right. He's he's a Heisman contender every year, but then people realize who he plays for. Right. Uh, yeah, he, they have they 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 have. Uh, what, what, are you talking about passing now? What, what, where, where are we at? Oh yeah. What I was just gonna say, uh, he is basically their offense. Yeah. Um, their their passing yards are almost exactly double of their rushing yards, so they have no rushing attack. Yeah, they have Deronia Wilson and Fred Fred Ross as wide receivers, both of which are in the top ten of Southeastern Conference. So they have they have a passing game. And and here's a hot take my co-host again put together, that Prescott is their only leading rusher, but they don't have anyone in the top 30 leading rushers in the SEC. Yeah, so I mean, I, we can... I, Something we didn't talk about when we were talking about LSU is there was the impression that we stacked the box oh, yeah. or net, which we did not do. Mm-mm. We we played our, our basically our base defense. We didn't stack the box. We're just better than them uh, at the at the defensive side of the ball. But at this point, it feels like we could do the opposite of stock, stop stacking the box and just you know do some minimal rush because they're not going to run the ball and be prepared for Dak Prescott to make some bootlegs and stop. Deronia Wilson and Fred Ross, and you've pretty much got this team contained, correct? I think you're right, and we need to um, kind of have an honest breakdown here, and with no disrespect to our listener, Fred, right. my father, they ha- their top two weapons, well, we'll say top two of their top three weapons on offense are named Fred. Right, right. Have That's you, awesome. I mean, we had a Fred E. Millens, obviously. Right, yeah. But not just Fred. I don't remember anybody being named Fred on the University of Alabama football. It's hard to say and not kind of hunch your shoulders like an Eeyore. Right. Fred. You were talking horribly about your father right Well, not him. He's a non-athletic, non-college football playing Fred. Right, right, right. Um, My apologies for your horrible son, Fred. (laughs) Um, Two Freds and a Duranya. Duranya. And he don't run. He he, he ought to be to catch you. Oh, God. To drop you. Am I right? (laughs) All right, we're stopping. We're stopping. So horribly not funny. 
Um, but yeah, so they, they can't run the ball. They can throw the ball. Uh, like I said, Dak Prescott is third in the conference as a quarterback in terms of quarterback rating behind uh, rap star Chad Kelly, Chad Kelly, and the Arkansas quarterback. But I will say this. Uh, Dak Prescott is the kind of quarterback that gives us trouble. The difference between him and Cam Newton and Tebow and Johnny Effing football is that they had a supporting cast. Uh, they had the ability to run the ball. They had the, they had wide receivers. Dak Prescott, you know, if he had supporting cast, I would be horribly worried about this game because containing a quarterback that's mobile and can throw the ball accurately is not our strongest suit. Uh, yeah, that's I can't add anything more to that. I think you're right. I mean, he's a big guy, but our defense had no problem shutting him down last year when he was surrounded by a better supporting cast, and I don't see us having a problem this year. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I'll, the only thing I can add to that is uh, it's in Starkville instead of Tuscaloosa, yeah. and we are always their Super Bowl. So this is going to be their best effort of the year. So, you know, it's never, this game is never the blowout that it should be. So uh, if you're thinking we're a, a miles ahead of Mississippi State, yes, we are. But this is their game. Uh, so they're going to give their best effort right now. Yep, agreed. And uh, their best effort on defense isn't the worst. No, but it's not their the best. Their best isn't the worst. It's not the best. They're, they're pretty much right down the middle, as a matter of fact. They're seventh overall, mm-hmm. um, sixth against the pass, tenth against the rush, which I certainly hope bodes well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see after 38 carries if Derrick Henry is quite as fresh as he was this right. past week. So we may and need... That's, okay, and that's the issue. When you look at their defensive numbers, their defensive numbers are basically Tennessee, uh, which we did not have a stellar offensive effort against Tennessee when we were exhausted. Now, having said that, we did have a week off, but we just played LSU, and we gave our best effort of the year. Are we going to be exhausted, and are we going to be in the same position we had we were in against Tennessee? If so, we could be in for a longish afternoon. Yeah, and I was you know, uh, planning to get into this during our picks, but the mental state of the team is going to be kind of the one thing that determines Saturday's game. It'll be everybody who has been interviewed has said that the locker room after the game, after the LSU win, was the wildest anyone has ever seen it at Alabama. Um, And so let's hope that the 24-hour rule served its purpose and the focus has moved on to Mississippi State. I hope, and one thing that does give me a little bit of uh, hope is Reggie Ragland uh, mm. said, was asked, uh, is this is Alabama back to being where everybody's afraid of them yet? Mm. He said, no, we're not there, but we're getting there. So I, if Reggie Ragland is the leader of this team and says, you know what, uh, ain't nobody going to be afraid of us if we lose Mississippi State. Um, so if, they, if, if he shows some leadership and gets everybody's heads right, um, I feel like we should be uh, in decent shape. I agree with that. And for your uh, weekly segment where one of us reads way too much into an Alabama football player's tweets, right? Derek Henry said uh, this morning something to the extent of, ain't nobody safe in the SEC West. Oh, Lord. Which I hope means that he's looking ahead right. and talking about Alabama. If he's still mm-hmm. reflecting upon LSU, we'll see. Right, exactly. All right. Uh, that's enough about with the Moo people because they kind of give me the hives. Hate them. Um, something else that's, you know, it's, it's something we should have gotten used to by now. Uh, Mario Cristobal, offensive line coach and dynamite recruiter, is rumored to be the 
head guy uh, for the Miami Hurricanes job. He is. Uh, he's a Miami native. He's, you know, pulled us many recruits from South Florida, got Amari Cooper out of there and, and plenty of others. Um, I, he, you know, he had six good years at Florida International in yeah. addition to all that. Uh, he got a raw deal there. If you get Florida International to a bowl, um, I don't know quite what those people are expecting, yeah. but he, he, from all accounts, did a hell of a job at Florida International. Uh, but you know, hey, I'm, I'm glad he got fired because he got it landed in with us. But you know, hey, like you know, like everyone else who leaves, uh, more power to you, man. Best of luck. Yeah, I think he probably gets that shot, and I think it's a good hire for them. Which would yeah. be interesting. It may have been friend of the program at Rick Muscles who pointed out that then gives Miami, Florida, and Florida State coaches directly from the Nick Saban tree. Yes, we have processed the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, next up. You're tied currently in the driver's seat in the SEC Western Division. If you have ever heard a We Are Ole Miss joke oh, and felt like you were on the outside and didn't quite understand just the whole kind of substance of that joke, Saturday was your best example to ever be in on it. Uh, the the blind flip, black, flip back as time was expiring on Arkansas which led to a first down, which led to the tying touchdown. Or I'm, it wasn't even the tying touchdown. It was the yeah. touchdown that led to the Burt two-point conversion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, just so we are Ole Miss. All that to say, Alabama needs to beat Mississippi State and Auburn now, and we're in Atlanta. Exactly. Uh, one thing that happened while I was in Tuscaloosa, your Crimson Tide basketball team, buckle up, uh, took on in an exhibition – a team by the name of Treveca Nazarene and prevailed 87 to 65. Uh, Treveca Nazarene's out of Nashville, pal. Uh, you hang out with any of their grads? <laughs> you know, uh, not a lot. They are right down the road on Murfreesboro Road. I believe it's a Pentecostal school. Really? I did do a little online research, and apparently the degree that they offer is the one is in physician's assistantship. The degree. They have a degree, and that's the one. I uh, am actually looking at a list of their notable alumni right now. You may recognize the names May Beavers, uh-huh. Jesse Mindorf. All uh, famous physicians. Stipe Mayacek. Yeah, just really one famous alumni after another. Who's who's in the physician's assistant <laughs> handbook. Uh, but anyway, they have a basketball program. Took them down to 8765. I, I did not get to go. Uh, I had planned on it yet. We were in the throes of a monsoon. And so I did not uh, make the trek over to Coleman. But nevertheless, you can see uh, your Crimson Tide basketball team live in action next Friday night, this Friday night, in fact, uh, playing Kennesaw State. So mm-hmm. if you're around Tuscaloosa, show up and give those kids some support, I would say. All the fun girls go to Kennesaw State. You know it, son. But finally, well, not finally, but next up is usually the most anticipated point. <laughs> of this podcast. I know Fred has told me that this is what he looks forward to the most. And really, when you only have one listener, <coughs> that's what matters. The anticipated portion is the Ellis Mets. What are those? What are those? What oh, are those? and did we have some options this week? Do tell. Um, State, God Awful Moo, you came out in there all whites, which were just... Too tacky to even recognize, to be All right, honest. I refuse to get involved in that, in, in, in a... 
and calling a state or what are those? Because once you've shown up in maroon with gold helmets, feet, and numbers, you can't, there's nothing they can do that can be worse than that. I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, there were a couple more schools in the black tire tread, which uh-huh. we've, the, the, the roadkill look, if you will. Right. We won't acknowledge anymore. This week, and I think it was themed around Veterans Day, there were a couple schools who really went out of their way to desecrate the American flag. Do tell. And Iowa did so. This isn't my this isn't my award, by the way, but their Hawkeye was just turned into like an American flag outline of a Hawkeye. Oh. If you can picture that, it looked as bad as my yeah, description okay. of it. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, but then the worst and truly deserving of this week's title uh, were the Indiana helmets. I don't know if we're late to this boat, if this was already some sort of travesty that has been publicly recognized, but previously when Indiana used to rock their kind of IU helmets, mm-hmm. you can picture it, very traditional, the I yeah. over the U, yeah. it was fine. They have somehow switched to this sort of script font that looks identical to a Cleveland Indians home jersey that just in cursive says Indians across it. Right, okay. Okay, so it takes up way too much of the helmet. It goes from like the front kind of line there all the way across to the back. And they, of all schools, with all awful logos, tried to put the American flag in the script Illinois. Oh, dear. It, it just, you need to look it up. We can post pictures. Yeah, it was could, awful. If you I, have the internet, and I think you should, you should check that out. I queezed, I shivered, I sweated, I asked, what are those? <laughs> God. All right. Uh, While that may be the most anticipated portion of the program, the one that will win you the money is coming up next. And by win you the money, I mean lose you all of the money. Uh, This week's picks, including the hate of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Of the week. First up is my personal hate of the week. The Kentucky Wildcats travel to the Vanderbilt Commodores where they are taking on, well, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Right. And the Kentucky is getting three points. Who do you hate? See, I with the, with the full risk of maybe going against where I think you're headed on this, I'm hating Kentucky here. Do tell. I see their wheels starting to fall off. We've already discussed that basketball season has started and ain't nobody following that team at all. Uh, they had just a abominable game against Florida that Florida barely squeaked out, but I don't think that was any credit to Florida. Vandy, meanwhile, is seemingly getting it together. Their defense is playing a little bit. Their quarterback sucks only slightly less than he sucked all year. If they only had Patton Robinette of the Perfect ACT <sighs> from Maryville High School. He's they still might. my heart. Perfect ACT score, Patton they'd Robinette. Be the, they'd be in the mix for the SEC East. <laughs> Obviously. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't even... I, I don't love the word sucks, but it's the only word I can think of to describe Vanderbilt's quarterback. Uh, right. I think, though, he does enough. They may not... I think yeah, I think they win about 14-10. Who are you hating here? I am, you, you, you read me completely. I think, I think Vandy shot their wad against Florida. Nice. I think that's all they had, and I think Kentucky pulls this one out pretty easily. It was Vandy that held that against Florida, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I did that whole thing wrong. I'm probably so. You know. <laughs> All right, next up. We're just going to cover that up by moving along into Arkansas. Travel to LSU where Arkansas is a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Who you hate? 
you know, Arkansas coming off the aforementioned We Are Ole Miss win. Can we talk briefly about, in the post-game press conference, uh, some of the comments made by one Burt? Okay, go ahead. Oh, yes. We're not going to get into too much of what we know about Burt. Okay, I learned a lot of things. This we weekend. learned a lot about Burt. We might get into I, some of I, the, I, We try not to be. We are not suitable for work on this podcast, but the things I learned about Burt this weekend – Okay. My God, they, okay. they're not suitable for, for No, yeah, I don't think they're suitable for any of these wonderful uh, media we find ourselves on. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter. Exactly. You can find us all those places, none of which where we talk about the things we know about Burt. We won't, but we know I'm some saying things. Burt's a big old perv. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, after the game, somebody seemed to ask Burt how he was going to celebrate, and he said he was going to go home and, quote, hop on his wife. Exactly. Which, to that I say, hashtag Burt Flop. Exactly. Hashtag Burt Flop. Uh, back for, to the game at hand. Well, and real quickly, for the program, Bunky Perkins um, did has met uh, Burt in person at a wedding. Hmm. And his wife, who he met at a crap stable, he says, for everyone talking about her, she is nothing but a seven at best. So there's oh. that. A crap stable ten. Well, Exactly. It's never Fayetteville twelve. Never, never anything better than a seven in the light of day. Interesting. All right, who you hating in this game, pal? I have gone back and forth on this one. I think the line is very accurate. I'm actually going to hate LSU here. I think we have popped their bubble to an extent. Uh, I think Fournette goes back mostly to his old self. Probably finishes around one forty or so. But I think Arkansas hangs within seven. How about you? Totally agree. That's exactly where I was. I think it's a seven-point game. I think LSU probably wins it. But at seven and a half, I will take the Hogs all day. Next up, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs travel to the loveliest village on the Plains to take on the Auburn Tigers, where Georgia is getting one point. Who do you hate? This one is bizarre. Georgia has replaced their horribly named third-string quarterback, we don't even know, Right. Uh, back with their starter. Grayson. Uh, Auburn, you just don't know what to expect week from week. They looked like a semi-respectable team against A&M at A&M last week and pulled off that victory. I am going to declare this my hate of the week. Oh, oh, the week, the week, the week. Thank you. Uh, I am hating the Bulldogs here as much as it pains me. I just think Auburn is sort of getting their act together. They always, always, always... uh, sort of build up to the Alabama game to when they're playing the best they have all season. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they probably win this one pretty easily. You took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I'm hating also on the Bulldogs. Auburn, like it or not, they, they were a preseason top six for a reason. They have that potential. And you have to know that at the end of the year, they're going to do that Auburn magic bullshit. And they're going to be impossible to deal with by the time we roll into Jordan Hare. At the end of November. Uh, don't let us down, Mark Richt. I hear you. Uh, if there's another tip six, I swear to God. All <laughs> right, next up, Florida is traveling to Carolina, where Florida is coming off that uh, odd little win with Vanderbilt. But Florida is nevertheless uh, favored by eight points. Who you hate? Yes, that went off Vanderbilt, not Kentucky, like somebody right. said. All right, that fool. I don't know who that was. Uh South Carolina was getting blown out in the first half against Tennessee, came back to make it a game, but I think that's much more indicative of Butch Jones' coaching style. 
Uh-huh. than it is South Carolina's football team right now. Uh, Florida doesn't have it all together right now. They're still being led by a tree on. <laughs> but I like the McElwains to cover this pretty easy. Who are you hating? Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I I think Florida has gotten it got a stern talking to this week uh, on finishing games and completing plays. And I think they traveled to Carolina and beat the absolute dog shit out of the uh, spurious uh, uh, Carolina Gamecocks. Which, by the way, if you happen to drop by Druid City Brewing mm. and see their new chalkboard art, which uh, channels the Nirvana Nevermind album cover uh, with Steve Spurrier's face saying, Coaching, Nevermind, it's genius. So, yeah, I'm hating on the Carolina Cocks. And, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you kind of alluded to it, but I really think uh, Florida's close game this past weekend with Vanderbilt, I should point out, was really probably exactly what Jim McElwain needed for that team. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. All right. Finally, the game of the week. Of the week. (laughs) Your Crimson Tide traveled to Starkville, where they opened as a a 7.5-point favorite. That line has moved to 9 points. Who do you hate, my pal? And give me a score prediction. Oh, Gregory, Gregory, Gregory. Do tell. I'm not feeling great about this game. Okay. Uh, I've seen the line at Alabama, yeah, nine and a half or so. Again, it opened at seven and a half. I don't like us by either of those. I mean, historically, other than last year when State came in 8-0 and just thought they were the New York Giants, uh... This is always a game Alabama kind of sleepwalks through, comes on the heels of the LSU game. We're, we're beat up. you got to question where our mindset is. I think, and I almost say this is best-case scenario. I hate to be that way. I think we uh, have decent success running the ball, nothing like what we saw this past weekend. I think we probably have a few turnovers, which is also kind of a... a trend between this quote-unquote rivalry. If you talk Mm -hmm. to a Mississippi State fan, this is always a rivalry. The battle for Highway 82, son. It is the battle for Highway 82. (laughs) I like to call it the Sylvester Croom Bowl. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like Alabama to win. I'm going to put us at 17-14. to That 14 coming on a late state touchdown where they probably kick an onside and fail to recover. Okay. Not great. Right, I hear you. Uh, and I, I like where your head's at. I think we do cover, but I don't think it's, you know, we're, we're in no position to blow this team out. I think we're probably in the same, we're thinking the same thing. I think if it's more, uh, Tide takes the game 43-13, probably on a late touchdown. I think we have the depth to wear them out. Uh, so I think at the, in the fourth quarter, I think that we, we'll make the difference. So I like, you know, I, I like to think it's sixteen thirteen heading into the fourth. We score a late touchdown and end twenty three thirteen. Twenty three thirteen. I would give multiple body parts I can think of right now to cover that spread against the hated Mu. They are hated. They are hated. Mullinses. And if you too hate them, you should pick up a T-shirt because. Mm. Anyway, reference Moo you, but nevertheless, you can inspire our hate by giving us all of your monies. Uh, Houndstooth Heroes t-shirts are available by sending in money to PayPal at houndstoothheroes at gmail.com. $22 and you get a fly-ass sticker. In addition, you can, as always, find us on Facebook, on Twitter at H2Heroes, listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. 
Big shameless plug, as always, to Wild Bill's Wing Sauce for doing nothing at all this week, but we appreciate their support, as always. Uh, we are proud to be uh, uh, a part of the Roll Bama Roll uh, mothership. And uh, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Take us home, brother. All right. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.